0: What's up everybody, Tanner Lee here, the Tan and J-Man show, and usually, you know, we come out with one podcast a week, but once in a while there's just something big sports news related, and in this case sports news related, and my sports fandom, that happens that I'm just dying to talk about, I can't wait till the following Monday, and that's what we're going to be discussing here, and to discuss the breaking news that happened yesterday, not really breaking news anymore, the big news that happened yesterday about Denver Broncos starting quarterback Russell Wilson being benched for the final two regular games is great friend of the podcast diehard Denver Broncos fan Jeff Ryan Jeff how we doing this afternoon uh, thanks for joining me uh, looking forward to chopping it up and talking some Broncos football with you
1: thanks for having me on Tanner it's always good to catch up and talk Broncos football you and I do it on the side quite a bit so yes to finally uh, join the show it's been a while and Miss our good old college days of the boiler breakdown, or not boiler breakdown, but uh, what was the boiler maker?
0: Power special? hour, the power yeah. hour freshman <laughs> year back in 2010, 2011. Uh, yeah. For those everybody who doesn't know, Jeff and I did a live radio show once a week. It was an hour, just an hour straight about a lot of things, uh, yeah. produce sports, NFL, all over the place. Probably NBA, MLB. I don't, I don't really remember. It was all kinds of stuff, but it went from semester one on a Tuesday, yeah. I believe. Yep. And then semester two was a Sunday, so yeah,
1: good times. Yeah, so good yeah. to be back. It's it's always fun.
0: And the Broncos went four and twelve that year, and had the number two overall pick, which worked out getting Von Miller. But
1: yeah, I, I thought that was the lowest, but uh, I think the last eight years have have topped <sighs> it. <laughs>
0: You know, I was in one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast was I've got my phone is blown up from a lot of people. Broncos fans, non-Broncos fans won my opinion on this Russell Wilson situation. And I was talking with one of them yesterday and he didn't realize that the Broncos hadn't had a winning record since 2016 when they went nine and seven. Yeah. He's like, no wonder why they always make these bold moves and kind of desperate moves at times. I'm like the, the fan base is starving, man. Starving.
1: Yeah, and you look at any losing organization, Cleveland, Buffalo, Detroit for the longest times, they were doing the same thing. That's why you saw, you know, you see the, the Cleveland quarterback jersey with the, the million quarterback names on it and, and head coaches cycling through Detroit and Buffalo. And, and, you know, that's what losing teams do. You get desperate and you start doing crazy things and you try to find the right answer. And Unfortunately, we're in that vicious cycle.
0: Yes, we are. And we thought the cycle was going to come to an end last year, making the big blockbuster trade for Russell Wilson from Seattle, gave up two first round picks, gave up a quarterback ourselves in Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, uh defense lineman, Shelby Harris. Uh, but, you know, all of Broncos country. And I think most of the NFL said, finally the Broncos got that missing piece, that piece they've been missing since Peyton Manning retired from 2016 on. Great defense, good skills, players, but they just don't have that great quarterback. It's so, okay. We're going to slide Russell Wilson, the future hall of famer right in. And uh, before he even played a snap for the Broncos, GM George Payton in his first year as the GM last year, I should, I should uh, remind everybody he gave Russell Wilson a five-year, $245 million contract extension upon his arrival in Denver, which at the time didn't really see anybody complaining about too much. I honestly figured Jeff, and I still kind of figure to this day, Russell had a no-trade clause in Seattle. There was a lot of teams that were trying to be suitors for him. Mm -hmm. I still think that was part of the initial negotiations and trade talk. I don't think he was going anywhere without that stability in his mind of, this isn't just going to be a two-year deal. This is going to be my last deal of my career.
1: I totally agree, and I think he also knew that he was playing second fiddle to Aaron Rodgers and, and was just playing that waiting game. I mean, he's not an, an idiot. I mean, there's times on the field where I'd question that, but uh, <laughs> he's not an idiot. And he, you know, it, I, the writing was on the wall that, that we tried to bring in Nate Hackett to, to bring Aaron Rodgers here, and it clearly didn't work. 100%. No interest. And once that fell through two hours later, once the Rodgers news hit that he was yeah. staying with Russell Wilson, it's just... It's a little too circumstantial, but um, but I agree with you. I think that that deal was set, and it was a smart move financially for us. And he figured, you know, if I'm at the end of my career, I'm going to be smart for myself and get everything I can. And he took us for a good ride. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: and it's 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 one of those things that maybe the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I mean, he had it made pretty good in Seattle, and he's the one who won it out. I don't think mm-hmm. people understand that, or for maybe people forget that he's the one. I mean. He had made two Super Bowls and won one, as we definitely remember. Um, but winning wasn't enough. He wanted more. And yeah.
1: Yeah, it's tough.
0: I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at, and of course, his stats last year he was awful last year, just awful. Um, of course, Nathaniel Hackett didn't help cases. He was awful last year as a first year head coach. And honestly, I think I'd be surprised if he was ever head coach again. Mm-hmm. Um, but trying to look here, yes, uh, statistically last year for the Broncos, he played 15 games. Of course, the one game he didn't play was the game I was at. <laughs> 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 Funny how that works, isn't it? No, uh, no, it uh, You, you know, because I, I was, I was thinking back last time. I'm like, I'm probably never going to see Russell play live as a Broncos quarterback. I never got to see Tebow live. Got to see a lot of quarterbacks in between. Let me tell but, you.
1: I you're not you didn't miss much.
0: <laughs> I know, but I know, but I saw Brett ripping. Come on, man. That's saw I Brett ripping last year. Uh, but last year on the 2022 season uh, we saw Russell complete 292 passes of 483 attempts uh through for 3524 yards, only 16 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Fast forward after last year Nathaniel Hackett gets fired. Pretty much everything gets clean house we bring in Sean Payton. Now with Sean Payton choice number one, we could go down that rabbit hole and discuss that because honestly, I don't think he was choice number one. Um, I don't know who was, but I don't think he was because if he was, I think the coaching search would have wrapped up a lot quicker than it did. But Mm -hmm. in all cases, Sean Payton, New Broncos head coach, five-year deal, $18 million per year to get him out of the Fox studio. Known as one of the best offensive geniuses in all of the National Football League. Look what he did with the Saints and Drew Brees. Um, You know, I've heard of the argument the last two days. You know, when Drew Brees got to New Orleans, he was nothing, and Sean Payton took him and molded him into the quarterback he is today. There is some truth to that. He did mold him. He made him a better quarterback. But as a guy who saw Drew Brees play at Purdue and then followed him and the Chargers, he was he had a lot of talent. Now, his Charger days, he was starting to become a pretty good quarterback. And then against the Broncos, that horrific shoulder injury made the Chargers decide Phil Rivers over Drew Brees, which I think they were going to co- make that call anyways. But I think people forget Drew Brees was a pro bowler for the Chargers as well. But in, in all, throwing that aside, Sean Payton did have those high-powered exciting offenses and the saints unpredictable at times that put up a lot of points. So bring him in. He's going to fix Russell Wilson. Right. Uh, Right away. I had my concerns as personalities. I'm like, this is kind of oil and water. Sean's intense. He can be an asshole at times. Just being Frank. Russell's positive all the time. Uh, It's not going to really rebuttal with anything. And uh, Russell or, I don't know how Russell takes it being coached hard, but Sean Payton coaches hard. But all offseason, when people in the media would ask Sean Payton about it or getting the best out of Russell, he's like, it's going to work. You know, I was pretty much mm-hmm. uh, like, how's this going to work? It, it's going to work. Well, through uh, 15 games, we've seen Russell play, and his play has been a lot better this year statistically. We've seen him attempt uh, 447 passes, complete 297 of those for 3,070 yards, 26 touchdowns, only eight interceptions. He's been sacked forty-five times last year. He was sacked fifty-five times, but statistics always don't don't always tell the story. And now this week we see you know after losing three out of the last four, losing to the Texans, the Lions, the unexcusable heartbreak against the Patriots, we see and the Broncos still have a shot at the playoffs. Only five percent, but still a shot. We got got to remind everybody that they make the switch from Russell Wilson to Jared Stenum for the last two games. And a lot of it could be financial, but out of everything I just spilled out there, Jeff, I'm going to let you talk for a little bit. <laughs> it's,
1: um, it's hard to believe that we're in this situation. I think that you and I both agreed that when we made the Russell Wilson move, us and everyone else in Broncos country was super excited because, you know, you have to make that move. You know, we didn't get Aaron Rodgers, which quite frankly, who knows what, would have even come of that. Um, And we have been underperforming, you know, for seven years, you know, six years, I guess, up to that point before we, we signed somebody or traded for Russ. And when you look at what you trade for him, obviously, retrospectively, it's going to look like a a horrible trade. And the financial part of the contract is going to look like one of the worst contracts in the history of the NFL, but at the time, and it's maybe sports. Yeah. Maybe sports, sadly. (laughs) Um, but to win in this league, we were not even competitive with what we had had at the quarterback position before that. And I was thrilled to get him. I thought that it would provide some stability and some excitement and actually turn us into a watchable, watchable football team, because the last five years before that, it was nearly unwatchable. I think you'd probably agree.
0: Yes. Yes. And yet we still watched every week because we love to be in pain. I know
1: we, we, you know, but it, it, it it, it makes those moments of joy so good it's just
0: yes yes it's
1: just so few and far between in sports but yeah yes we're masochists. you could probably say
0: <laughs> yeah good way to put it good way um, to put it <laughs> but
1: no i mean it's just it's um you know looking on everything now it's it looks like it's pretty much wrapped up and you never know but i don't know why you would why you would bench him if it's not going to be wrapped up and it's just unfortunate because i just don't know where i don't the organization is in such a dark hole i don't know I don't know where you go
0: from here. I don't either. I mean, you know, and and for those of you out there, listeners and viewers that don't know if the Broncos would have played Russell, these final two games, say Russell Wilson would have got injured. He's fully guaranteed all his money for 2024 and 2025. That's $85 million fully fully guaranteed. So I think this move, Sean Payton can spin it as much as he wants and say, I just wanted to put Stidham in there and, and and get a uh, a jolt a boost in the offense, see what he can do. Um, maybe there's a little truth to that because I think Sean Payton can run more of what he wants to run with Stidham in there than Russell Wilson, where he had to change his playbook or actually dumb down the playbook. I don't, you know, I'll talk about the playbook in a second, but yeah. but I think this is still a financial move for one. Um, yeah. And really, I'm surprised they have him as the backup. I'm surprised they haven't elevated Ben DiNucci. On the practice yeah. squad, made him back up.
1: Yeah, I mean it. Maybe he he maybe he makes the the game day roster, and it's more of a a courtesy thing to Russ at this point. And if somebody did have to fill in, they they would just go to Danucci which would which would be really bizarre. Are um, we deep
0: enough to carry three quarterbacks on a game day roster, though? Probably not. <laughs> probably <laughs> I mean, not. I mean uh, yeah.
1: points a lot to the roster. I mean. I don't know. What I'll say about Russ is he's definitely, you know, he had a really good probably four or five year run in Seattle and then yep. teetered off a little bit in the last few years. Um, he also had well, a really statistically good statistically
0: speaking, run. he still was having good statistical years in Seattle. Yeah. But once again, stats don't always tell the tale of tape.
1: Yeah. And this year, like he's he's <clears throat> if we had you know, if we had more skilled players around him and, and a better defensive start to the year you could argue that this team could be a 10 or 11 win team and, and it would be an entirely different story, but I don't know if that fixes everything or changes anything, everything. Cause Russ isn't getting any younger. And um, I just, I feel like he, I feel like he's just lost all of his confidence. You can see when things are yeah. right and high, he he's making moves with his feet. He's able to read the defense. He's able to kind of get a jolt to the offense himself. But the majority of the time, he just looks so, like, down. I don't know how to – he just looks down, and he looks like a step behind or something.
0: I think he's so in his own head. Um, Mm -hmm. I think he feels pressure when pressure's not there at times. I think we saw a little bit of that Sunday night against the Patriots. There was one time, you know, watching the game live, it it seemed like there was tons of pressure around him. He took a sack. Then watching the replay, it's like, if he stepped up in the pocket, he would have been fine. But instead, he acted like he felt pressure. He turned around whoops, turned around, uh, ran the other way. Then he runs into a guard, and then he gets sacked, and, yeah. and it's, it's that, and he's not finding I mean, it's either short passes or the deep moon balls. There's no medium yardage passes happening in this offense. No, and then And then it's just weird. You know, Sunday we're watching him. Three quarters, nothing on off. the offense. Then fourth quarter, it's like a spark happened. And I think it's because they had to go no huddle and Russell didn't have time to think. and He was playing yeah. with instinct and had to get out of the pocket because I will say, and I know we're being pretty critical of him and deservingly so, um, so far during this podcast. But when he gets out of the pocket, he does make stuff happen a lot of times. He and he will make plays. And, and during the Broncos' exciting um Win streak they had this year that got him in the position to even play meaningful football late in December, which has been a godsend for the first time in years. But uh, he was still making some winnable plays in the fourth quarter. Now, I would also argue, though, majority of those games, if not all of them, were won by the defense causing turnovers, something Mm -hmm. they haven't done necessarily at a high clip the last four games. Mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden you're seeing the Broncos lose three out of their last four when they need the offense to pick up the slack. It's just not happening.
1: Yeah, it's it's this is such a weird team because I think overall I would describe them as very mediocre and injured. Good enough to win some big games against good teams, especially division rivals when you get up for that kind of a game. We saw that against Kansas City when we beat them 24-9. to uh, But we're also mediocre enough to lose games that we shouldn't lose with, you know, we were texting about this, that to have four home losses against the Raiders, the Commanders, the Jets, and the Patriots just – is unacceptable and mm-hmm. it's not a good it's not a sign of a team that that probably should be in the playoffs um and I know the beginning of the season is what it was but it's still part of the whole picture of the season um and I don't know it's definitely not all Russ's fault that's that's one thing for sure I think yeah Peyton as we go forward with him has got to look himself in the mirror. I I like him. I think that he's, he's bringing a culture shift to the organization that they haven't had since Manning where the expectation was to win. And so I like that, but there also has to be a little introspection to say, what, what are some of these play calls? You know, when we get that huge turnover to start the game and you go run off right guard, I think it was run off right tackle, run off right guard. And then you put Russ in a situation to, to throw a terrible pass to nobody and it gets picked off. It's that's terrible play calling, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I may, maybe it just was poorly executed. I, you know, I, am I going and reviewing all the tape? No, but to me on first or second down, that's when you give Russ a chance, not on third down yeah. when the defense is ready for it. And when you just went super conservative with Javante Williams, who's under this year and an offensive line that is pretty up and down. I just, there's a lot of points in the game like that where, yeah, Russ needs to be better, but the mix of the play calling and the execution from the rest of the team around him has also been really poor.
0: Right. No, 100%. Um, And in, in that third down play you were talking about, luckily they dropped the interception, so then we yeah. had the ball in fourth down, but then we tried to run it. Oh, yeah. Instead of right. a field goal, and, in yeah. which, in, in retrospect, I wish they would have. And at the time, I was kind of like... I'm always torn when they go for on fourth down, especially early in the game. Like like you're playing New England, you have struggles to score points, just kick the field and get some points, but whatever. I could I could do a whole podcast on things that I wish they could have done differently during that in that game. But going back to earlier, I was kind of mentioning the playbook. You know, Sean Payton's known for having this huge playbook that's probably the biggest in the NFL. I don't think we've seen anything to the like of that this year. I think it's a dumbed-down version for what Russell can do. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a little blame on both of them. I think there is a little blame on Sean Payton for not building more of the playbook around the strengths of your quarterback, Mm -hmm. but also there's blame on your quarterback for not doing what your coach wants. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, to not not have Russ moving and getting in and out of the pocket more than he has makes no sense to me. All of the big plays that Russ has made, look at the fourth quarter, of the new England game, you can look at every single game. All the big plays come from him moving out of the pocket and making plays. Right. And yet he has persisted to try to keep him in the pocket, run the ball, be hard nosed. It, it makes no sense at times. And then we're behind the eight ball and, and then he does get out of the pocket and we have to do crazy things. And, and we're not a team that can come back. We're just not no. built that way. We almost did against a really bad team, but almost did. Um, right. And then you're right. Yeah. Russ doesn't know how to run the offense himself, I don't think, unless it's perfectly in Sean's system, which isn't really built for him. So, no,
0: uh-huh. it, it, which is the big question, I guess. That's why, you know, I was of the camp. I wanted Sean Payton to come to Denver. I'm still glad we got him. I do like champagne. I think he can be an ass at times, yeah. but like you said, it's building a culture. I do think, but I agree with you, what you said too, he needs to look in the mirror and take some accountability and some blame sometimes himself instead of blaming others. Cause he does like to make sure, you know, he's the smartest person in the room or so he yeah. thinks <laughs> yeah. which
1: but, is, can be a problem.
0: I mean, the guy is a football is, I think if you cut him open f- football, Footballs would come out <laughs> instead of blood because he watches football, football, and more football. I don't think the guy watches well, anything else, uh, but so he knows what he's what he's doing. But that was going back to the coaching search. That was the big thing, you know. I talked about oil and water and personalities, but also just with the style of offense Peyton calls and style of play Russell plays at, at the position with. And like, I, I pose this question to you. There had to be a conversation between he and the Walton Penner group and George Payton about a long-term plan if things went south with Russell this year. It had to be, right? Because otherwise, what did he see in this job to take it when he could have sit out at Fox for a year and then inherited probably the Charger job in the offseason?
1: Yeah, I I ask myself that all the time, and maybe it's because, like you said, he just leads football that that he couldn't be away from the game longer than he already was and the Broncos historically you know up until 2016 have had a mostly consistent winning organization and he probably figured you know Colorado's a nice place to be I can go coach football and get back to my passions and I have a roster that maybe I can do something with but to be at his age and have the success that he's had and have the job at Fox and like you said could wait for You know Justin Herbert an extra year, um, and then take this job, knowing that Russ may not be the long term plan is mind blowing to me. I'm I'm not gonna lie, like I I I'm glad he's here, but I I'm shocked. I really am. If that's really what happened, I'm shocked, and I don't know. But
0: and I think this is a move of, you know, with, with benching Wilson, and I'm sure Peyton's smart enough to know he's got to get approval from uh, Greg Penner to do this. And I'm, you know, I don't think he would just do it without Greg Penner, Penner's approval because, because I, I, I think this is the Broncos showing they choose Sean Payton over Russell Wilson. And this because, yeah. because obviously I think it's, it's pretty cut and dry. You can't have them both going forward in long-term contracts.
1: Yeah. And I, I kind of want to know if George Payton even has a voice. Right now, like, I I wonder what his involvement in the organization is, because. I liked what he did at first, I thought he was making some roster moves that made sense. And then ever since the Vaughn trade, which even at that time, I thought was the right time to make that trade. You know, you were losing a culture guy, which right now, you know, we won't get into that in terms of what he's dealing with. But at the time, he was a culture guy for the locker room and a guy that meant a lot to the organization and then every move since then has been a little bit reactive and uh, short-sighted, I think, without a whole lot of long-term planning or or thought involved in it. And there's probably been five big moves that you could point to. The Von Miller trade, the signing of Nate Hackett, probably hoping Rodgers was going to come here, the huge signings of Frank Clark and Randy Gregory that were complete busts and also put us in a financial and roster bind. Um, I know Browning was coming back from injury and we were trying to develop younger guys, but still that retrospectively makes no sense. And now the Russell Wilson thing, I mean, those are huge moves that have really put this organization in a hole. And I, I don't know how John Payton signed on knowing that, but
0: he did money talks, I guess, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's that's the big question. I keep going back to him. Like, I just want to be a fly on the wall. During all that, during the coaching search, all the talks and everything, like what, what was going on?
1: Well, and I'm sure that, that you're going to get to this very soon, but I'll pose a question to you just to frame it this way is that, you know, if you're Sean Payton, I think Sean Payton, I think you and I both agree that Sean Payton is probably making 98% of the decisions in the clubhouse right now. And the other 2% is Greg Penner signing off from it, you know, signing off on it and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm learning the culture of the Denver Broncos and sounds great. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. But so if you're Sean Payton making all these moves and you want to stay here and you're sick and tired of dealing with Russ, what do you do? What's your, what's your next move?
0: So you're, you're, you're posing me the question. What's your next move for quarterback, right? Uh,
1: Yeah, because that's the, it's the most important position on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, what I mean,
0: what is your next? Because Russell's not coming back. You what what you did yesterday? There's no way. There's no yeah. way. What do you tell the teammates if that happens? What do you tell the teammates if you bench the guy and then bring him back? It's just not a good look. You, you've lost the locker room. Wow. Um, and, and and Russell already posted a tweet, or maybe maybe team team Russell Wilson. I don't know who if he tweets his own stuff, but he said, you know, God's got me. Looking forward to us next. That's tell me it's over. It's over with. He's not coming back. Denver's going to have to eat. They're going to cut him in March. They're going to have to eat the $85 million dead cap. It's going to hurt really bad, especially next year in free agency. But you better do it now than later And when it locks in as 24 and 25 guarantee and you're even on the hook for more money and yada, yada, yada. Unless they can find a trade partner. I think there are teams out there that would take him and are needy of a quarterback, but nobody's going to want to eat. A good majority of that contract, and Russell has a no-trade clause in his contract. Mm-hmm. So if he wanted to be a, if he wanted to be an ass, he could <laughs> say, "I'm not helping you guys. I'm not yes. I'm not being traded. I'm, I'm. You owe me all that eighty-five million dollars. I'm going to take every cent of it."
1: Yeah, I mean, and yeah, you're going to
0: cut me. Hard. Then I'm going to go wherever I want.
1: Yeah, this was our mistake signing that kind of contract. But again, we were desperate, clearly, and and. George Payton was going to do it no matter what. And I wouldn't blame Russ for doing that. You got to take care of yourself. I, I mean, that's a ridiculous amount of money. But yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if I were him, I wouldn't give us anything.
0: And I'm going to answer your question, but with what you just said, brought me to another question I was going to ask you. So yeah. the, there was a report um, that came out late last night that the Broncos approached Russell Wilson after the win against Kansas City Chiefs and asked him if he could have put that 37 million guaranteed in his contract for the injury status on hold to kick into 2025 so he could get through the 2024 season, then potentially make a decision on his future. And as actually I would say rightfully so for Russell, he said, no, I'm not yeah. doing that. And then and they supposedly threatened him that if he didn't do it, he would be sitting the rest of the year, which obviously did not happen. But if this all went down, likes reported, there's been animosity for the last two months. Between coach player or, or management player and the crazy thing is Denver went on a win streak for a little bit.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know. I don't know how this team I don't know how this team went from one and five to six and five and nearly seven and five with that game against Houston and you know, and and ever since then it's kind of been downhill again. But um it's a weird it's a really weird look. I think it's just one more sign that um Sean Payton's kind of an asshole. But yeah, I mean that
0: probably wasn't the way to do it because I doubt they did it very nicely. I don't. I just don't know in my mind what good was going to come out of that. He was not going to. You and I, any any person is not going to give up thirty seven million dollars guarantee. They're not.
1: And I know that that teams probably go to players and ask for revisions in the contract. Sure. But not like that. I mean, that is a no. huge amount of money and it's a and it was a smart move by Russ. I think it was again, it just highlights the really dumb move by George Payton in terms of the way he structured the contract. Um, Just assuming that he was going to be a guy that brought us back to, you know, not only the playoffs, but the goal was to get back to the AFC championship game and win a Super Bowl. Like, let's be right. honest. That's why right. you bring like Russell Wilson into your organization. It was why we brought Peyton Manning here and we went to two Super Bowls in four years and won one. So right? it's a weird, it's a really weird move. It's shocking to me that I think Russ probably looked at it like I'm a competitive guy and I'm going to go out and play the best I can. And I think Peyton, you know, got guys to buy in by not selling house and getting rid of some key players and the locker room pride gelled separately from the organization you know, in terms of the front office, um, and then it, the the clock just ran out against Detroit, and um, and now it's just all blowing up and coming out of the woodwork. But it's, well, it's a, I think it's a bizarre move.
0: Well, and all these reports that are coming out, and you know, it's you're gonna hear stuff from both sides, and I see things from both sides both sides perspective and angles. But now, knowing what we know, looking back on the incident that happened in Detroit, makes a lot more sense.
1: Yeah, totally. I think it was just this is over. Sean was
0: at a breaking point.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of snapped. And I do. I mean, as a fan, and we're fans, so like it's not. It's not as fair for us to justify getting mad at players because you know we 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 know football more than probably the average person, but we don't we don't know the ins and outs or watch tape or you know know the locker room or any of that kind of stuff. And so for us, we're just being fans about it. But we are. I mean, I get incredibly frustrated watching him just because from an attitude perspective, he just doesn't, he, he's just a little too, everything's going to be okay and put a silver lining on everything. And and again, when you're making that kind of money, the expectation is to win. And when you're not winning and not only not winning, but, but being hard to watch, that's really tough. And so I can't even imagine as someone who actually does know the ins and outs of the locker room and the game and, and the flow of the game like Sean Payton does, how frustrating it would be to watch him play quarterback at times, because I just, he just doesn't look like he can do it himself. It looks like Sean has to give him everything. And that's, that's frustrating. Peyton Manning. I don't think a coach, I'm not sure a coach did one thing for him and Peyton was an anomaly. You know, he's one of the greatest of all time. He was one of the smartest quarterbacks of all time. So it's not fair to put him in that category, but you'd like to see a guy if you're going to, be truly competitive and and win AFC championships in the Super Bowl. You'd like to see him run the offense. And I just don't
0: think he ever has in two years here. Yeah, no, I, I can't disagree with that. I can't disagree with that. And, and the crazy thing is, I think if the Broncos found a way to win the game with the Patriots, we're not having this conversation. I think Russell's still a starter. I think if Russell's contract was half of what it is, I think we're not having this conversation. I think Mm -hmm. he's probably starter maybe for the next foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. but cause while his stats were probably better than the play was the play wasn't as bad as some other quarterback play we've seen in our time at Denver, but it's yeah. not good enough to justify the humongous contract.
1: No, it's not. That's the, you're right. That's you nail on the head. Um, what's crazy. Tanner is you probably agree with this too. This, I think this is the best quarterback play we've had since Peyton Manning, which is sad
0: I agree. Statistically, it's really close to Teddy Bridgewater, but I still had more faith in Russell Wilson than Teddy Bridgewater.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. And I mean, our roster right now is not very good. I mean, the defense has holes in different places. Yeah. The the offensive line has probably been better than it has been, but it at times has been up and down. Um, at least it stayed you know, healthy. Yeah, the, yeah. The offensive line stayed healthy. It's That's so true. It was a really good point. Um, the running backs this year have been not explosive. Like they have been in the past, and I will
0: give Javante credit. It's pretty amazing he's back and playing football as and, and, and as taking as many carries as he is with the knee injury. I'm just hoping for all Broncos country's sake he can attack the off season and get back to being the Javante we knew before his knee injury next year.
1: I hope, I so hope we're so. going to need him. It's a huge difference maker because um, he just doesn't have that same explosive look. No. He, he's, you know, and I don't. It's a big injury. It was a really bad knee injury. Oh, Tim
0: Patrick, the last two years. Nobody ever talks about that. No. Outside of Broncos fans.
1: No, he no, no one talks about that. He goes down before the season starts both years. And um KJ Hamler, who looked like a promising slot receiver, no more. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's been a lot of things. It's not just it's not just right. Russell Wilson, but I I do think he's he's given us the best most interesting quarterback play at times. Um, I agree. Paige, but the standards got to be higher. Like this, yep. this team is, it's
0: its hard to watch still. So I've really, I've really batted around the bush to get back to your question earlier. You asked me, what would I do going forward pretty much at quarterback. So we, we know there's other holes. You, you just mentioned them. Tight end's another big hole they got to go fill. There's a lot of things they've got to do in draft and free agency, probably more so the draft than free agency now when you're eating the, this much in cap. But you mm-hmm. do have the most the richest owner in professional sports that, that helps to owner group, I should say. But here's a list Jeff of veteran quarterbacks that are going to be free agents in 2024. I don't think any of these guys fit what the Broncos are looking for, or maybe even financially, but I'm going to list them off anyways. Kirk cousins. I don't see him going away. I think he's back in Minnesota. Ryan Tannehill. Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod Taylor. Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold, Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, even though I think he's back with the Buccaneers. I think he's played well enough to get himself a contract. Mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew, that's an interesting one. Joshua Dobbs, Easton Stick, Mason Rudolph, Jake Browning, Drew Locke. <laughs> Not really the who's who of quarterbacks.
1: No, and the hardest part about it is um, – I think all those guys outside of maybe Kirk cousins bring you back to what we've been from 2017 to 2021. Yes. Um, I think you're probably a five or six win team with most of those guys, regardless of the roster around you. Um, I mean, you'd have to be, you'd have to be really, really good (laughs) to probably make a playoff uh, run with those guys. Um, And we're not that good. We've got holes all over the place. Um, yeah, I don't like any of that. I think Tannehill's probably going to be talked about, but I don't like it. I think he's done. I think he's, I think his career, he had a good run with Tennessee, obviously. And then, um, even, you know, making the AFC championship game against Kansas City is still crazy to think that they did that. Um, but no, I think he's done. And then in terms of guys that may be on the trade block that I still don't think I'm that interested in, of course, Justin Fields is going to come at the top of the list. I don't like him. I don't. He 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 brings a dynamic part of the offense, but I don't think we have a good enough team to to make him good. If he was good, he'd be good.
0: Yeah, you're right. That's a good point.
1: <laughs> they that's got a, a great point. defense, and they got skilled players around him, and they're not good.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I'm st- I'm still not sold that they're going to give up on him, but <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know. They're in a um, spot.
1: They're in a real interesting spot. I heard you may have heard this too, but the, the talks about, you know, would you trade the number one overall pick to the chargers for Justin Herbert? And would the chargers even entertain that um, to get the number one pick for Caleb Williams?
0: If I'm the chargers, I'm not entertaining that.
1: Yeah. I don't know.
0: I I don't know. Herbert's pretty darn good. He just, he has trouble staying healthy. He doesn't win the big games, even though it's not always on him. I, yeah. I mean, I know as Bronco fans we don't like the Chargers. I think he's, as far as his arm strength and talent, he's pretty darn good. Oh, I love um,
1: him. I think he's, yeah, I think he's really good. Uh, I think
0: do, and, Caleb Williams looks like a great talent, but the draft's like sometimes throwing a needle in a haystack, and I've mm-hmm. seen people be flops too many times. Yeah, I just I don't know.
1: What about? Uh, and again, I don't. These are not guys that I want, but we we have to have this conversation yet again. Yeah, we thought we we're done with this, but we're back here. Um, Kyler Murray. Oh, God, no. I, <laughs> I know, I know. Either, but That's going to be talked about, no, too. No,
0: because and, – and, and I think you run into the same problem with Russ. I think part of Russell's fault because even in Seattle, he was having trouble with the median throws towards the end of his time there. And I'm a short guy. I think he's too short. I don't think he can see over the line. So no. I think that's no. part of it.
1: No. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think the trade market – and I don't even know – I mean, if we're going to get a guy that's valuable to the team, I don't even think we have trade assets – because of what we traded away for Russ and all these other, you know, we traded a first round pick for Sean Payton. We traded, I think the, I think the trades we made for Russ are now water under the bridge. I think we've been through all that. Yes. Yes. Um, But I don't even know what assets we would even have to go get a guy that would make sense or or a guy that a team would be willing to trade. Um, And then, and then you're looking at the draft. I think, I think that's our best,
0: I do too. Well, what 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 does Jared Stidham have to do to knock your socks off the next two games? Because he is under contract next year, two year, ten million dollar deal. So he's well, on the hook for five mil next year.
1: That's the problem with okay. So Jared Stidham to be the starting quarterback next year, I think, would have to throw for three hundred plus yards, six touchdowns, no Each more than game. One. No, 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 no. Total, <laughs> total, total. <laughs> three. <laughs> i mean i love i'll take six touchdowns yeah, again.
0: yeah
1: six touchdowns we'll say no more than two interceptions i think that's fair be
0: clean with the ball
1: coming in but one to two interceptions and the broncos would have to somehow miraculously sneak into the playoffs and then he would have to show me that he can win a playoff game yeah. or at least be good in a playoff game because yeah. two games is not against nah. the chargers and raiders when you're pretty much out of the playoffs i don't think he's going to tell you enough that right. he deserves a shot next
0: year. Isn't it crazy? He was in this predicament last year with the Raiders. I mean, almost the exact thing when they decided they were going to bench car because of the money issue. Yep. And he comes in, he ripped it up the first game, second game, not so much. Um, Yeah. I mean, I've seen him play live. I saw him hang 63. I think it was on our Purdue Boilermakers in New York city. And it could have been a hundred if they didn't take the pedal off the gas, but that was more just sec versus big 10 top tier sec speed versus middle to bottom tier big 10 speed. It wasn't so much yeah. here, stidham. But anyways, I think where I'm getting to, I think Stidham will be on the roster next year.
1: I think I so. presumably
0: cool. like it to be like him as a backup. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think we're drafting a quarterback in the first round. And right now we're anywhere between I think 12th to like 16th right now if we don't make the playoffs. Yeah. Um I don't know if cuz I think I think right now there's there's three really good pro prospects, quarterbacks, and I'm afraid none of them will be there by the time the Broncos draft. I think the Broncos are going to have to potentially trade up. I just don't know how far they can trade up with the capital they have to give up. I think Kay Williams Drake May are out. I mean, unless you drop draft up to the top three, we're not mentioning those guys. Jaden no. Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner, is where it gets interesting. And I know he, he might have some padded stats at LSU because they played some cupcakes towards the end, blah, blah, blah. But I still think I've seen a lot of Mac drafts have him going top ten. If he could slide a little bit, maybe the Broncos could draft up and get him. But say he's not there. Then it gets interesting because I don't think Michael Penix is worth a top 15 pick. And yeah. I'm not saying that just because I'm not a fan of left-handed quarterbacks. I'm not saying that because he's a former Indiana Hoosier, because that doesn't matter. Yeah. He was a lot better with the Ross Huskies. It's his injury history that's got me scared. Yeah. He's been injured a lot. And if yep. you're putting that much stock into a guy. I want to get a guy who isn't too uh, injury prone. Then after that, you're talking about Bo Nix or JJ McCarthy. And I'm no, thanks. That's fine for like a backup, but not a I guy know. that I'm looking at to start week one.
1: I know it's hard to, yeah, I've, I've thought, you know, JJ McCarthy, I think maybe has a shot, but it's a complete 50, 50. I think more than likely him and Bo Nix are backups. Probably. Yeah. Yeah um Jaden Daniels would be interesting because he's skinny and mobile, but he's taller than a Justin mm-hmm. Fields. Or Justin Fields is like what six two, probably.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: But I think Jaden Daniels. I just had to look. Six four,
0: six five. I think
1: he's listed at six four. Okay. Um, which that's not bad, but he's a he's a little guy, so he's got to bulk up for sure. Yeah, stick around. Um, well,
0: and one thing we haven't mentioned, I know we could go on and on for about the accolades and accomplishments Sean and Drew Brees had together, but Sean got the best out of some other guys. We mentioned Teddy Bridgewater earlier. He had a heck of a year in New Orleans when mm-hmm. Drew was out with injury. Mm-hmm. He even got a pretty good year out of Jameis Winston. Yeah, And he got some good moments out of Taysom Hill and even Luke McCown. These guys who had to come in when Brees was banged up over the years. So He well, knows what he's doing.
1: And I even think. as as bad as the the, like you said, oil and water, the combination of him and Russ have looked this year. Look at what he's done for Russ's stats and the look of Russ this year compared to what yes. he was from last year.
0: Very, very well said.
1: So well said, you're right. So. I think he could elevate a young quarterback, but I agree. I think I think we're gonna I think we're gonna have to go in the draft. And we could be in a position actually where if you get a guy like Jaden Daniels, right? It could give you a spark like it did when you got Jay Cutler in terms well, of his- it- I'm not comparing and, to Jake Keller, but...
0: And I say if you get him, because you you start him week one.
1: Yeah, what does this team have to lose?
0: We're not going down the road we did last time when we took the first-round pick at Paxton Lynch, which was just... <laughs> wow. <laughs> just wow. I don't need know yeah. what else to say. I mean, the dude's played in four leagues of football. Who else can say <laughs> that? The XFL, mm-hmm. the USFL, the, the CFL, the NFL... NFL, NFL Europe comes back probably playing that maybe he's in arena league. I don't know, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, I, I think if you draft a quarterback in the first round, you have to play him week one. I mean, you're going to take your lumps, but look at the Texans this year. If not for CJ Stroud, they wouldn't be in the playoff, huh? So,
1: yeah, I I've kind of always been on the side of starting guys in terms of that conversation from, from pretty much right off the bat, because, Um, if you're going to be a franchise quarterback, you're either going to be one or you're not. That's my opinion. I don't know if that's a very fair statement to make, but if you look at every true franchise quarterback, Patrick Mahomes took, yes, he was on the bench for a year. He would have been fine. He would have probably led the Chiefs farther than Alex Smith did that year. Um, you know, honestly, um, they lost, that was the year they lost to Tennessee in the first round. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes would have stepped in and been just fine. And I think mm-hmm. they were in a good situation where they had a really, really good roster. They had a perfect uh, well-coached team, a quarterback that was playing probably his the best football of his career at the time. And uh, so that, you know, that's a, that's a different story. But I, I think, I think you start them. I think the, the whole philosophy of they need time to gel and learn the offense and this and that, it's like that it's too much. You, you're not, you're not going to be a franchise quarterback. If it takes you forever to figure it out, Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers, he probably he probably would have figured it out if they probably. started, you know, I don't know. I just, I just, I, I don't know if that's a fair statement, but that's what I think.
0: That's where I'm at too. I mean, I'm just, I'm tired of going through the ringer and the carousel and if we're going to get hyped up and draft somebody that high, just throw them in the fire and see what happens.
1: Yeah. When we, when we drafted Cutler and I still to this day thought he was going to be a guy that stuck around forever. And we know that Josh McDaniels, Blew that up quickly, like he's blown up everything else in the NFL. But
0: I um, thank God he did, or I wouldn't be a Broncos fan.
1: Yeah, that's true. We wouldn't be having this
0: conversation right now. <laughs>
1: no. Um, no, I I, uh, I, don't know. I, I think at the with, with Cutler, I think at that time, it was right not to start him because Jake Plummer was playing really good football. In right. fact, when we played Cutler, a lot of people were really mad. I was I was like, this makes no sense. We were seven and four and he had, you know, been a little bit more turnover prone when we made the move and and lost some games because of that. Um, but that was the right move. I think color would have been fine too. So I think in the situation we're in with we have no stability, we don't have a great roster, we don't have a good stable quarterback that someone could come in and learn from, just play him.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, it's definitely going to be put up or shut up time for Sean Payton going forward. I mean, the franchise pretty much said, you are our guy going forward and he's all about winning. Um, He wants to win at all costs. So now it's time to prove it.
1: Yeah. And hopefully we can get out of this vicious cycle soon. We talked about it. I remember having a conversation with you. I think it was probably 2020, 2021 before Sean was there and before Russ was there. And just feeling like this organization is truly in a in a part kind of like the Raiders were after the late 90s and early 2000s, where unfortunately the losses can add up, the bad juju can add up, and you get into a year-to-year or maybe two-year-to-two-year cycle of hiring and firing and cutting yeah. and drafting and cutting and drafting and finding free agent, and, and we're in it right now. And if Sean Payton um, does not fix this within – Literally, probably a year, maybe two at the most. It's here we go again. It's
0: cycle again.
1: Yeah, it's, it's bad. It, it,
0: it, if we could only in 2019 got the Joe Flacco that the Browns have right now, right? I know. Man. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, but it is miraculous what he's doing right now. It's miraculous. He looked awful for us. He looked awful, awful for the Jets after us. Yes.
1: I thought, I don't understand. I don't know how he's doing this. And I know they have a great defense, but he he looks legitimately oh, good. He's
0: he's putting, I mean, he's always had an arm, but you know, he oh. looks confident Yeah, and, and that team would not be in the situation with Deshaun Watson. Nope. No. Nope. Nope.
1: No, that that's the only saving grace is that. I think that's the, that's the worst contract in the history of sports and Russell Wilson's probably a close. You're player. right.
0: You're right. You're right. Um, and, and the other quor- quarterback I, I'll mention real quick, historically, I think things could have been differently if the Broncos never got rid of Rich Gangarello after the 2019 season, because he got some good ball out of Drew Locke late that year. Yeah. But instead, Vic Fangio wanted his buddy, um, Pat Shermer. And we all know how that went. CU fans know how that went this year for them. So, yep. yeah. yeah. But ifs and buts, that's, that's for another yeah. time. And it's, it's going back to Russ. You and I wanted it to work. We were excited about it. We thought it was going to work. Fortunately, here we are uh, recording this podcast because it didn't work and uh stuck in quarterback hell again.
1: Yeah, I know, man. It's it's I we're not even in purgatory anymore. It's
0: just no. quarterback hell. No, and and, and and this is about my last my last point here, unless you got anything else, then we can wrap up. But uh I'm still one of those fans. I cannot root for the Broncos to lose this Sunday against the Chargers. Or next Sunday against the Raiders. Not only are they division rivals, not only am I tired of losing seven straight to the Raiders, it did not matter who we play. That's just not who I am as a fan. When we were one of five and everybody wanted to tank, 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 tank for Caleb or Drake, Drake May, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. That's just not, not the type of fan I am. So even if it hurts the draft stock by one, two, three picks, I would rather... The Broncos take care of these last two games, even if they missed the playoffs. Finish nine and eight, our first winning record since 2016, and give us a four and two record in the division. At least something that I could stomach coming out of this year.
1: Yeah, I mean it's not going to make me feel good, but it, it no. but at this point losing doesn't do much for us. Um, especially organizationally, it's just it's the vibe already after the Patriots loss was really bad. So losing to the, the Chargers and or the the Raiders would be would be really bad. Um, we gotta end that streak against the Raiders. I I won't ever do it again. I for the first time in my life as a Broncos fan, when we were we weren't even one of five yet. We were we were zero two after the Commanders game, and I went off, off on a rant about wanting to lose, you know, wanting to tank, and wanting. I was one of those people at that time because I felt like with the roster we had and Russell Wilson doing what he had done in that game to essentially completely blow the game. And it wasn't all his fault, but that game, you can look to a a lot on him. I just felt like this organization is going nowhere with him. And now we're seeing it. We're in the situation where we are going nowhere with him, and we're really stuck. And now now our draft capital is really bad. But I agree with you in the grand perspective of sports. Tanking has almost never worked for anybody. It's not fun to root for losing. I I can't ever get myself to actually root for the Broncos to lose. I just was so frustrated after that commander's game feeling like I don't know how this organization gets out of the depths of hell that they are in if we don't get a franchise changing quarterback. And I think – now that some time has gone and we've got to be competitive again i think you realize yeah you don't know what caleb williams is going to be he's a real prima donna who knows what drake may is going to be i mean on paper i think he looks good but who knows um you know paxton lynch was tall and had a good college career and looked good (laughs) too pax is
0: tall (laughs) yeah (laughs) we saw how that
1: went so um Yeah, so it's um, I won't ever do it again. There's no point. There's no point in rooting for tanking. In my opinion, it's not fun. It it doesn't change organizations. I mean, you can look at most teams that have tried to do that, and it has not worked. What the What the organization needs is a culture shift, and I do think Sean Payton has brought that to us. Um, And I hope that we hang in there long enough to find somebody, and that this isn't a 20 year drought because I I'm we're in year eight. We're we're almost done with year eight, and it's going to be. Um on to year nine and then you're looking at a decade of this, man. It's crazy.
0: I'm starting to think we sold our souls in 2015.
1: Yeah, so, which it's hard to say it's not worth it for a Super Bowl, but at the same I time know.
0: at the same time, it's like
1: ooh, it's brutal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's not fun. The only the only franchise that knows it better than us right now is the Jets. Is they're the only team that's had a longer playoff drought than us.
1: So yeah, and thank God we're we're not that organization. That's true. Yeah, We have, yeah.
0: Oh, we have actually gosh.
1: had a lot of, a lot of yeah. winning teams and winning success, but uh, anyway.
0: Well, Jeff, it's been fun uh, chatting up with you about the Broncos and what was oh, a yeah. monumental day and a historic day, not for the right reasons, but a historic day in the Denver Broncos football. It's going to go down in Broncos history, just another chapter, um, the events of yesterday and, and this offseason that we are hoping that was going to be a quiet one in, in the Mile High City. Not so much. Buckle up. A lot's going to go down.
1: Let's ride.